and Jamie read the Bible. Paul and Jamie read the Bible. Hello, Paul. Hello, Jamie. How are you? Oh, very well. It's been a long time, hasn't it? Too are you long. well? I'm okay. Good. You know, I miss you. Oh, well, I've missed you as well. But, you know, I had other friends, <laughs> so it was fine. Yeah, it was kind of a bad idea, really. I've I've missed it too much. I thought, oh, yeah, it's a good idea. Have a couple of weeks off. And then it turned into, what was it, a year? Yeah, a year. Yeah. <laughs> it was a long time. It's 2013 yeah. now. It was wonderful. No, it. no, it's been, it's been good. It's been good. Have you been reading Bible? I have recently, yes. Yeah. Yeah, in the Are you sure you don't in the interest sure. of honesty. Yeah, I kind of took a break over the summer, not consciously, really? oh. but I didn't do that much on holiday and stuff like that. Oh, so no. um, that's partly why I missed this. Yeah, <laughs> um, you should probably get really down about that. I'm sure there'll be plenty of opportunity to, as we look at Ecclesiastes, the famous uplifting book that in the wonderful Bible. book <laughs> of Ecclesiastes, which is good. So there we go. So so welcome everyone to um our ecclesiastes special uh we're going to take we're going to take a little look through the whole of the book just a kind of whistle stop tour Mm. i don't actually if anyone knows what whistle stop tour actually means other than just going through something too quickly i assume it's something is it to do with steam trains could be i mean it could be a whistle stop tour they've got a whistle on them and the stops you and often and they tour. often go on tour, yeah, don't they? Yeah, that's Steam it. Trains. So that's what we're going to do with Ecclesiastes today. <laughs> Hop um, aboard. <laughs> yeah. Hop aboard. Choo-choo. <laughs> there we go. Just I can't need... believe we've not used that analogy before for that's the podcast. It. We need Ringo Starr to narrate this now, <laughs> don't we? Uh, um, there we go. So that's what we're doing. And then next time we are back in Mark. That's the, that's the joke of this, isn't it? Is that we, we took a break. Yeah. We, Ecclesiastes was meant to be a break from Mark. Yeah. We took like a six month break yeah, just we, from the podcast. So probably we could have just gone straight back into uh, <laughs> We could have done. Mark. But we said we'd do Ecclesiastes. Yeah. And I'm glad we are By golly, it. we're going to do Ecclesiastes. So there we go. Paul, are there any um, irritating admini bits that you want to do? Oh, you hate these, we... don't you? Yeah. Of course, everyone, you know that you can find us on Facebook, Twitter and WordPress. I'm just going to leave it at that. How's that? That's good. If people are that desperate, they can Google it. We're That's always it. near the top, yeah, which is quite impressive. Padraturb, yeah. P-A-J-R-T-B. I've actually had a bit of an offer. This is big news in terms of um, admin. It could, it, could affect, it could affect us both dramatically. Really? You're dropping me on... Well... Dropping this on me now? You yeah, you're right now. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is exciting. I've had an offer from a um, friend of Padraturb, Amy, uh-huh. to um, just start... I don't think Amy is a friend of Padraturb, Is she not? Well, she, well, I'm saying she is now. Okay, no, that's so fine. that's it. Congratulations, so, Amy, you've been inducted. Welcome, Amy. Amy from Welling in Kent. Welcome. <laughs> you are now a friend of Padraturb, although Amy has offered to do a Bible podcast with me. And I'm seriously considering ditching you for her. Oh. Just simply because the, the, the one merit that it's got is... Yeah. Amy and Jamie read the Bible would be Adraturb, which is slightly more fun to say than oh. Padraturb. Oh, okay. Um, We're thinking of calling it Adraturb, Podcast of Biblical Amazingness. Oh. 
Well, thanks, Amy, for completely ditching me. Um, Amy was saying nice things last week about the uh, about the podcast. Yeah, but... I told her to because then you'd never suspect <laughs> it. It's part of the plan. How dare you, Amy? Um, okay, yeah, thanks for that. Is just, there any just point? Just throwing then? it out there. Can we just call it a day now? Cause... Well, I think that you should treat this today as something of an interview. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. <laughs> Didn't realise I'm auditioning for my continued position <laughs> in the <laughs> for the part of Paul. <laughs> Basically, if you can just go into like a self-deprecating, <laughs> yeah, just ditch somewhere about about an hour in. You haven't read your Bible for a week. <laughs> you swore at work because you got something wrong. How do you feel? <laughs> you are a pretty rubbish Christian. That's that's your motivation. <laughs> it's nice. Just so you know, I also think that Eloise likes Amy more than you. So that's another string that's to Amy's enough. bow. That's fair enough. Okay. Thanks. Oh, so, hello, Eloise. Eloise, just wandering through our super professional set. Yeah. Okay. We've being interrupted in ten minutes. Was that being Thank interrupted? In okay. 10 brilliant. Minutes. Yeah, we'll be prepared. Great. We're now prepared for that. Thanks, Eloise. <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing when you come down here with no clothes on. To be honest, Eloise. Yeah. Forget. I mean, it's nearly midday, Eloise. Come on. <laughs> Paul doesn't mind, but yeah. um, you know, didn't look like you minded either, Jamie. <laughs> well. <laughs> So that's the last ever <laughs> Paul and Jamie read the Bible. <laughs> thanks, thanks for being with us. We took a break. What's Obviously, it wasn't long enough. <laughs> What's going on, Eloise? I'm so sorry. So am I. I'm really sorry. Well, it's one thing for, for me. It's one thing for me, but you're a husband to engage in that kind of humour <laughs> is um abhorrent. She's back. My eyes. She's nicking our tea now. This is she this can is do whatever awful. she wants. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Don't burn yourself, love. <laughs> <laughs> I well, think I think our steam train is derailed. <laughs> <laughs> so hop aboard. <laughs> right, we should probably give people something more than laughter to listen wow. to. So Ecclesiastes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so you're saying you didn't read much Bible over the summer? No, but I have the last sort of two, three weeks. I've, I have been reading lots of Ecclesiastes, and um, yeah, and I've really enjoyed it. I've, I've had, um, yeah, I've kind of had all the different. What well, <laughs> I'm still laughing at what we've done to poor Eloise. Yeah, sorry. You, you... Um, no, I've had lots of different uh, weeks. The last three weeks have been just sort of the ups and downs of life. Not, not anything major. Mm-hmm. But just, um, yeah, I've had a, a couple of weeks where I was reading Ecclesiastes. It was really encouraging. Yep. I was like, yeah, that's great. Really enjoying life. And then the last week I've had is kind of the beginning of Ecclesiastes. Everything's rubbish. What's the point? What am I doing here? What just... I like about that is like none of those things are actually in Ecclesiastes. <laughs> like, at no point does he say everything's rubbish. Yeah, he does. He says yeah. everything's meaningless. Yeah, it's not rubbish, though. Uh, what well, he says it's an evil thing that God has given man that he works and it doesn't go, you know, you don't get to see any of the fruits of your own labor. That's it just not goes everything somewhere else. is rubbish. Though. It is pretty much. Right. You, vanity of vanities is the, uh, I, I prefer meaningless in the NIV, but the ESV puts it as vanity of vanities. Why and it just, it yeah, that? it just says, what's the point? 
All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. It's so weary, you can't even be bothered to comment on it. <laughs> I can see where this is going <laughs> yeah. already. No, I no, no. I literally no, asked you no, how you I'm, were. <laughs> I'm good today. I'm good. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm pleased. Yeah, I'm pleased to be back on good. Back on board. It's just, like I say, it's Wonderful. just been one of those things. So um, so this, for me, the, the book has kind of spoken to me in all different situations, even just in a little little couple of weeks or so. Which sounds about right to me, actually, mm. in terms of what it should do. Which is good. So there we go. So how are we going to go about this today? Because we're not really... We're going, it's the first time that we're going through a whole book in, in, in one chunk. I mean, I suppose we did do Mark in, in, the, in the pilot episode and that, but we've got no, no passage no, to we, look at. Uh, like, to be what, honest, I thought we could just do? sort of flick through and see what jumps out at you, to be honest. Okay, well, was there anything and, uh, that particularly jumped out at you, Ecclesiastes? Or do you want me to go first? Or um, I don't mind. Okay, well, I do, so I'm going to go first. <laughs> nice, right. It's actually something I've already shared with you this morning, but it really, it really helped me in terms of my mindset of how to read this book. Because I've always liked this book. Since the first time I read it, I was just like, wow, this is really, really important. What's mm-hmm. being said here is real, it's gritty, it's true. It doesn't hold back from anything at all. It just tells the truth about life. But it's actually the word Ecclesiastes. I've wikipedia it mm-hmm. to find out what it means. And it's a Greek word, which is a Greek translation of the old Hebrew word kohelet, which means the gatherer or a gatherer or teacher. And, and I liked that concept of it. Ecclesiastes is seen as certainly within like Hebrew Jewish culture as a gathering of thought. Mm-hmm. It's seen as like all these different teachings that, that come together. And I, ju- I just like that because it, it's not a book that nails loads and loads and loads of stuff down. And it seems to be a bit all over the place, actually. Yeah, I mean, that's... I like the fact that it's set out to be this gathering. So that word Ecclesiastes, gather, teachings, and that is is good. Yeah, I mean, there is everything in here, isn't it? It starts off with poetry, then there's a bit of prose, um, sort of like autobiography. You've got more poetry. You've got a lot of wisdom literature, which kind of reminds you of like the Proverbs, because it's Solomon mm-hmm. writing this, isn't it? I think it's generally agreed. He just calls himself yeah. the preacher. Like sp- but he does say he was a king and he was yeah. very wise, which is what we read about him in yeah. in like the Chronicles. Is it Chronicles? All over the place. Yeah. yeah. He's all over the place. Yeah. But the um yeah, I, I suppose that's the key point. I mean, there is debate over who wrote this mm-hmm. and that I personally do lean towards Solomon in this and just because of the things that um things that are said in chapter one, verse one, it says the words of the teacher Son of David, King of Jerusalem. So, right, like that. That to me would point towards Solomon. But there, there are those that are around that that would say otherwise as well. Some people think that it's a gathering of um, information that has been put together and then produced in like a kind of creative autobiographical way. And that uh, there are others that would say that it was just some other wise wise man one thing that is really another thing that i was i was reading um about this was mm-hmm. um that this is actually very 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 um kind of middle eastern autobiography 
material. It's, it's, I don't even know if that makes sense as a sentence. Yeah, no, oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's very much like that. And there would have been loads of other works huh. around at the time that were in this style. So back then, when they were reading it for the first time, it was like bang on the money for like culturally. Because in, really. interestingly, there's lots in this that these days... Uh, I can't remember, I think it was Craig Ferguson, who's some American talk show host, although he's actually a Scottish guy. Do you mean Oprah Winfrey? No, no, oh. she's not Scottish. No. Or white and balding. Was he balding? I don't know. But anyway, there was a clip I saw of him, uh, and basically he always apparently introduces his show with some sort of, like it's kind of like a little monologue for a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. And this one that I saw came up, uh, I think, on Christ and Pop Culture, which is an amazing website. I don't know if I've mentioned it before, mm-hmm. but it's really good for sort of bringing up like modern issues and talking about films and stuff in a Christian context. But anyway, they um, there's this thing, and he says about how uh, how basically the idolization of youth came about because it's quite a recent thing by the sounds of it Mm -hmm. and a lot of it because these days oh like being young is seen as like being good and if you're old you're a bit of a loser and whatever Mm -hmm. but i mean back then this was three thousand years old this book Mm -hmm. um and and certainly up until i think he was sort of talking about like the turn of the turn of the 20th century Mm -hmm. um old people were seen as that was the pinnacle like people would look forward to being old and having experience and wisdom and and just just knowing about life. You know, there, there was that sort of thing that yeah. you would look up to your elders and that would be what you'd aspire to. They'd be your role models and things like that. Yeah. And, it, and it's just a shame that it seems to have inverted. So I guess when you're saying everyone would sort of, lots of people would write these gatherings, I guess that's because they'd be like, oh, well, people look up to me, so here's what I've learned during, during yeah. life. You know, if you get this right while you're young, mm. you, might, you might sort of enjoy life. Is it, it, yeah. That sort of, no, I, is it that I know. Sort of thing? There's there's a verse actually in in here that I think really almost overtly says that, and it's chapter twelve verse one where it says, "Remember your Creator in the days of your youth, mm. before the days of trouble come and the years approach, when you will say, blah 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 mm-hmm. blah 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 blah." But yeah, just that in remembering my, um, translation that says, uh, "You will say, I have no pleasure in them." It does oh, actually mine, translate. Mine that. says, "Blah blah blah," just for blah, the blah, end blah, of the, blah, blah, just blah, till blah, the end blah, of the book. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so I think you're definitely right. I think that it's the passing on of information or wisdom mm-hmm. from one generation to the next, definitely. Which, I mean, something that struck me, um, all my like extracurricular reading and listening and stuff, you know, I listen to lots of podcasts and things like that. So you mean reading I, that you do other than that which your teacher makes you do at school? <laughs> yes, Okay. Well, we don't have a word for it, don't we? Do we in adult life? I think we just call That's... it reading, mate. Oh, okay. All right. It's Unless just... you read for work. Yeah, do you read for work? Do you have to read for work? Not really. No, then not it's really. not. There's no There's no context in okay. which extracurricular is the correct word for you to use. Well, there is a correct context, but I'm not in that Not in your anymore. life. No, yeah, no, there in, isn't in your currently. life. No, not in your existence. Okay, all right. So, in my other reading, what I've done outside the Bible... That was derogatory, a... wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> But there's lots of, um, the, the first bit in particular, this uh, all is vanity or everything is meaningless, whatever it's called at the beginning. Yeah. Um, right at the start, it, like I was saying before, it's like a bit of poetry and it brought to mind lots of music that I listen to, um, conversations I have with people at work. That this sort of passing on of wisdom, everyone is struggling, aren't they? It's, mm. it's a constant thing. We're in no better place 3,000 years on. Um, I just, I find that very interesting that even people who wouldn't, 
say they're asking like the big questions in life. You know, like I think sometimes we sort of wrongly assume that everyone's like, where do we, where do we come from? You know, why am I here? What am I doing? Which is often the questions that we sort of lead off when we do like evangelical stuff, you know, either chatting to mates or in the church or whatever. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people are just day to day are like, what's the point? You know, like something like work. Is, is quite an interesting thing, isn't it? Like someone at some point obviously came up with the idea of work. Yeah. Um, and then and then we've all like been cursed under it. I mean, obviously we read in the Bible that it's a God-given task. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes back to the fall, you know, however you interpret, you know, creation. Definitely that those stories right at the beginning of the Bible are trying to explain something about why life is as it is, isn't it? And it, it just is interesting to me that even if people aren't explicitly, like I'm thinking of um, bands that I've been listening to recently, like Vampire Weekend, Modest Mouse, I don't know if you've heard sort of them, but these beautiful, um, you know, these beautiful works of art, like um, like symphonies, Mahler symphonies, something like that, mm-hmm. all just, all human culture is kind of this sort of expression of just trying to, just trying to get through life isn't it you know that you've kind of got the you've got the rough of the smooth you know you've got the Mm -hmm. you get like these beautiful songs that are written about people struggling in life do you see what i mean it's kind of that it's that sort of inner turmoil that yeah like i say you know it isn't necessarily people thinking like oh why am i here and sitting and being all like reflective but there is just a constant sort of battle within us like i've already alluded to like the last few weeks i've had i've had some weeks where i've been like elated um, and then I've had other times where you've just been, like, oh, yeah, just yeah. been really sort of down and deflated, and that's not due to any sort of circumstance. Anything yeah. like that. it's just kind of an inner turmoil, you know. Which yeah, no, I com- I completely get that. Like I, I, as I was reading Ecclesiastes in general, there just seems to be just this undertone of pain mm. in it, that, and that pain appears to me to like be like engendered almost by the way that you've got God, you've got this concept of God going on through the whole thing. And then you've got this concept of all those things that are so mundane. Mm. And then you've got this concept of things like there's that, that it uses very, very stark language. Like it says stuff like, um, this too is meaningless, a miserable business, Mm. you know, like misery, that's he talks about hating his life doesn't he yeah i hated that and i hated that it's like for for that reason like i'm so glad this book has been given to us in scripture Mm. because it's it's stuff like this right where people say that um what you believe is actually an emotional crutch it's just something that you turn to 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 make yourself feel better and I was talking, I know probably like you won't appreciate me bringing up um, Amy, my other potential podcast friend, but I was, I've already had a conversation with her about this book. And yeah, like is it the one... Was that f- recorded? Is that, can we find that online? No, it's not that online yet. We haven't, we haven't uploaded it yet because <laughs> the one thing Amy lacks is technical ability. You I know the ultimate insult would be? <laughs> you hiring me to put your <laughs> yeah. podcast We're online. actually looking for a techie. Um, we've had a t-shirt printed that says pleb on the back. <laughs> you want but yeah, just just uh, one, one of the first things that, that she was saying about it, and I thought, thought that it was quite cool, was that it's very much a book that, it just puts stuff out there really quite simply and in a way that you can't escape. 
Mm. You know, it's inescapable. It is interesting, isn't it? Because there are these bits in the Bible that are kind of... It's not... It's not like a conspiracy, but they're kind of almost like hidden, aren't they? We rarely go through like the the, the Psalms where David's like, "What the hell is going on? Yeah. I hate everyone. Yeah. God, kill everyone who doesn't yeah. like me." Stuff like that, don't we? And we often sort of like—I don't think I've ever studied Ecclesiastes in a church context or mm-hmm. in a Bible study, yeah. you know, just anywhere. And um, it and comes it up of, at funerals, right? Okay, I've I've heard it read at funerals. Mm-hmm. Like there's a time to be born and a time to die, mm. and that's that's re- I think that's interesting in itself because where is it that quite often you turn like almost traditionally the established church by that I mean like the Anglican Church and mm-hmm. sort of like the, the the Catholic Church and those sort of like bigger models of church that we've got classically they turn to Ecclesiastes at that point of death mm-hmm. at that point of stark reality because you can't if you're all stood around a grave looking at looking at someone being lowered into that grave that is an inescapable moment of reality yeah each each human is met with their own mortality each and every time a loved one passes away every single time Mm. and it's at times like that where i think ecclesiastes speaks profoundly like just inescapable truths but that's the thing i mean the thing that struck me was that we are constantly going through this sort of in every day, aren't we? Me, me and you have had loads of conversations and I've had conversations with others um, about this kind of facade, this Christian facade that we sort of have. I don't know if we've mentioned it before on the podcast, but we kind of go through life sort of pretending that we don't have struggles, like daily struggles. You know, it's yeah. okay if, if your friend's becomes ill or you know like you say if you lose a family member or something like that that's that's the times it's acceptable but just in everyday life you should be encouraged by the bible and by you know you've got god on your side and it's kind of it's kind of you're not really allowed to feel that's why stuff like depression is always is always kind of shied away from in a in a church context isn't it people don't know what to make of stuff like depression because you think is that a valid i think it can do I, I i think part of that as well is tied up with the complexities of when you're part of a church community, everyone is part of a survival technique. Everybody puts a brave face mm, on mm. everything. There's nobody, I don't know anybody out there that says, right, I am now. It's not in our, it's just not in English culture mm. to be particularly public yeah, emotionally. Yeah. And that's, um, I mean, in, I agree with you in a way in that like, I certainly can put on a facade when I'm when I'm around other people in general, mm-hmm. and I think that sometimes, because the church is on a mission to share the gospel, quite quite often the more the less attractive bits of scripture that are less uplifting can be shied away from. Like, right. you imagine if you do if we were to do a term on Ecclesiastes pouring through it and going through it it's not that the ho- the whole thing is like with within, within the stark realities and, and like mm. the misery and mm. the honesty and the honesty that is in ecclesiastes um there are moments i think that you find the truest moments of joy there is lots in here that we're going to come up that is well. encouraging and is good but the, the funniest example of that was relatively recently it was a couple of sundays ago and we read a psalm all together and uh, I wasn't following it on the screen. I was following it in the... Um, no, we we can't have all read it aloud because, like I say, I was following it in my Bible or whatever. And um, 
And then it got to, like, we were just reading all these bits and it was like, yeah, isn't God great, isn't he? Look, he's made the stars like that. And then we stopped. And I was like, I wonder why we stopped there. There's not much left. And the last bit was like, kill the wicked, stamp on their heads. You know, it's that sort of <laughs> really? thing. It wasn't, it wasn't quite that stark, but there was, it was a bit like, the wicked won't prosper. They're like chaff, you know, God stabs him in the heart you know because yeah, there yeah. are bits like that in the psalms aren't yeah, there and it was just so bits, funny yeah. that we just like stopped there you're kind of like it's a bit it's it's not dishonest but it's kind of like one of those do you say yeah. i mean it's kind of like oh no well, well we can't do that, that last bit yeah well so, i mean and this this comes back to like I, do, I think that people do get the impression that like i'm involved in christianity i'm a follower of jesus because it uplifts me the mm. whole time mm. When actually, personally, the books like this, it's it's almost like this book empathises with me. Mm. Does that make sense? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. You know, so this book knows, this book knows what it is I face. And it's because now that I've read this, I know that God knows. Mm-hmm. And now that is a God that I can really turn to. Like there's a verse, there's a verse that I absolutely loved in this. It's amid... Um, it's a mid so in the NIV in chapter four, this 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 cheerful little passage is called oppression, toil, and friendlessness. <laughs> right, three things that I aspire to, um, but there is there's this amazing little verse, verse nine, and and what follows just says two are better than one, because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. And that's that is amazingly heartwarming, especially as I'm sat opposite you. Paul. I would. <laughs> it also goes on to say that if me and you lie down together, we'll keep each other warm, yeah. um, which isn't an experiment I'm going to get involved. Well, in. winter's coming. You, you, never, you know. never know. You never know what we might be. Old recession and all that. <laughs> but um, yeah. But then there's the other bit just underneath that says, "But pity the man who falls and has no one up, no one to help him up." Mm. You know, that's that's a real challenge. That's the Bible actually saying something very real. And that is, go and make friends with people. Mm. Mm. I love that. That's not, that doesn't sound like typical Bible advice to me or what you, yeah, it's, it, this is a complete anomaly, this book, in, in a way. So just go and make friends with people. It's good to have friends. Yeah. So if you're sat in your bedroom right now listening to a podcast and you feel really lonely and you've got the choice to either go to church just purely for the social benefits of going to church that actually is something that the holy spirit wants for you i think that's amazing Mm. you know get up go to church get to know some people make friends i love it that's proper advice people really do need friends in life there is there is lots in here. The term I would use, I think I did use it earlier. It's kind of almost unchristian. Some of these bits, yeah. But I don't mean that as anything. It's not a slight against other stuff in the Bible. It's more sometimes how we interpret it that we put all these sort of extra conditions on things. Like I was just thinking, you, you know, the, that clearly says make friends. But then sometimes we say, oh no, but you've got to have Christian friends. You know, it's bad to have non-Christian friends as your best friends. It's you know, and we kind of yeah. get all trapped up in that. But there's a lot that Ecclesiastes just cuts to the heart of stuff, doesn't it? Um, I'm trying to think of a good good example. Right, okay, well, I'll tell you what. This 
this um, sort of leads into my next point um, that I wanted to talk about. This whole thing, I struggle, or I have struggled with this thing that as a Christian, you should feel like you're making some sort of lasting impression. This is something that comes up in like books that I've read, um, sermons I've listened to, Bible studies I've been to. That it's, I think we, we spoke about it before, didn't we, about um, that we believe you know, in salvation by faith alone, but mm-hmm. we often hear, oh, but you have to read your Bible every day. You have to be talking to people about Jesus. You have to be doing this. You have to be doing that. And sometimes, rather than seeing that as an encouragement and, and as like a natural outpouring of our love for, for each other and for God, sometimes we see that as sort of like a checklist that we have to come up against. And sometimes, in fairness, that's how it's delivered up the front. It's almost like you've got to tick all these boxes. You know, otherwise you're not really being a proper Christian. Or mm-hmm. if you don't feel like you should be doing that all the time, does that make sense? Is that just me being like my usual downer self? Or well, I don't, I don't do you... know. Like, I think, I think part, like partly, I just, I think that is how a lot of people feel, and I certainly feel it from time to time. Mm. And like, it's it's almost like, um, yeah. I mean, actually, to use a phrase that like I've grown up listening to my dad say all the time, and that is, it's like gospel plus. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah. live your life, and like certainly. Yeah, like in terms of having it delivered from like up the front, I mean, I've heard various things in various churches, you mm-hmm. know, where it's like, where like sometimes there'll be a message that's delivered that's like, you need to get on this, which is much more like, show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you a faith that's dead, which mm-hmm. is also in the Bible. And that, but yeah, when you come to stuff like this, like I think what you're saying, maybe, I mean, maybe, maybe you carry on, but like the, what I think you're saying is this is, it just seems to have this nice kind of heartwarming of like, be born, live your life for God, and die. Mm. And that's it. You yeah, know, it's it's, just, it's this thing, It's there's all different passages in the Bible that have, um, like I just, <laughs> I would love to, if I was ever to preach, which I think would be a really bad idea, because I think I could really depress some people, or offend people, or worse. But um, But I'd love to preach about, like, don't worry, you're not that special. Do you see what I mean? I think, I think sometimes <laughs> I've got this bit right in Ooh, my notes. How much are the tickets? <laughs> it sounds like a great evening. Well, the idea is this. <laughs> the idea is it is encouraging because I've been encouraged with this. I intimated to you over the last couple of days that this week I've felt a bit lacking. This week I've sort of struggled. Again, there's not been any big situation that's happened, but I've just been like looking at myself and being like, what have I actually achieved with my life? Like. What have I done? What What's going to last? What, you know, how many people have I brought to faith in Christ? I don't know. How many, like, I've never produced any sort of great work or anything like that. There's lots in this next bit about Solomon trying all these different things. Mm. And one of them is great works. You know, like, he built houses. He, he had all kinds of, um, all, all kinds of possessions. He had all this, um, and... Where's he, that then? Is that near the start? This is uh, chapter two. So he basically said, I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. He said, but behold, this was also vanity. He basically says he tried laughter, he tried pleasure, tried wisdom, alcohol, um, he built houses, had land, had slaves, had lots of sex with concubines, enjoyed music, had precious like precious silver and gold and treasure and mm-hmm. um 
And sometimes I'm not necessarily thinking in the material way. I sometimes look at my life and think, well, what have I actually got to show for myself? Do you see what I mean? What have I got to show? Like, do people think I'm a great, a great person? And it, and it is very sort of, it's, it's discouraging, but, but it's kind of come out from, I don't know, it's come out from trying to be like ticking all this list and you sort of think about like treasure in heaven and stuff like that. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking more sort of, faith-wise I sometimes think you know what have I actually ever done for God and what I love about this sort of section two to three is basically saying that God just wants simple things from you you know sometimes like I say sometimes we I do come away discouraged from reading my Bible and I think oh, I'll never be I'll never ever be that good I'm not a great disciple for God or whatever but but in this this section you know the it basically Solomon finds all these things that are, you know, that are listed just then. He says they all come up short. Even wisdom. He was one of the wisest guys that ever lived, the Bible says. Hmm. But even he said more wisdom just makes you less happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he said more knowledge is, uh, I think the word in um, my Bible is vexation. You know, Ooh. just like it just leads to stress. You know, like the more you understand of the world, the kind of more depressing it is. Mm-hmm. And it just says it's that balance between... You know, it just, it says living for God, you can do in a really simple way. Um, The key is, basically, he goes through all these things and he says, yeah, it's just vanity, it's meaningless. And then verse 24 of chapter two, he says, there is nothing better for a person than that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in work. This I saw is from the hand of God. For apart from him, who can eat or who can have enjoyment? For to the one who pleases him, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, he has given the business of gathering and collecting only to give to one who pleases God. This is vanity and a striving after wind. So it's basically saying that actually, as Christians, our lives aren't going to be that different from non-Christians. But it's the attitude makes all the difference. He's saying... I mean, I I don't want to sort of oversell the point because then it sounds like I'm saying don't worry about anything and just you can be lazy and whatever and get away with it that's not it is a it is always a balance as we've said every week haven't we yeah um, of the podcast but i just find that so encouraging it's like you can live for god in your everyday life just by Mm. having friends like you say socializing being generous you know with stuff that god's given you it's basically saying every good thing is from god be thankful for it just enjoy even in your work it doesn't matter if you're not in a ministry or something, even your everyday job, you can work hard for God. You yeah. know, just being honest. I mean, I was talking with um, with someone at work um, the other day about stuff like expenses. You know, something that doesn't seem mm. at all anything to do with Christian living. Do you see what I mean? But just expenses for work. He said some people will put any old thing on expenses. You know, like if they've gone out for a beer after been working on site or something like that Mm. or some people buy in extra printers or extra phones for a particular job and then take them home to their family Mm. you know stuff like that and just even even little things like that yeah you're not changing the world but just by being honest and and Mm. doing things doing doing the right thing you know in those situations um you can do for god yeah you know like even even my work, I've been a bit discouraged at work the last couple of weeks because I don't feel like I've sort of made, I don't feel like I've contributed like a big thing. Do you see what I mean? No one's in the last couple of weeks said, oh yeah, well done on that. I've kind of just been sort of going through the motions. There's not much on at work at the moment mm. and I have struggled with that. But ultimately, what I've done, I've done to the best of my ability and in here it says that I can do that for God. Yeah, that matters. It matters yeah. that you've done that 
and that's that is it's not massively aspirational it's not like like 50 cent always used to go around saying get rich or die trying mm-hmm. you know that was like his his catchphrase or whatever and that that so is the message of the world whereas this is just chill out and die chilling <laughs> <laughs> but even yeah. even yeah. Uh, you know i've uh we've got a friend um uh, really, really good friend. We getting to know him really well. He's going through a difficult time at the moment, and um, he he was really sort of um, struggling, just saying, "Oh, I just don't feel like I've done this. I haven't done this and that and this." But um, he then he had a really good week because he said, "Oh, it just sort of happened naturally." This thing he was really stressing about. It's like oh, I feel like I've got to do that this week, mm-hmm. and then he said, "Actually, I just relaxed, and it happened anyway." Yeah. And then and that was great, and that was probably much better for him than if he had have stressed out and it not worked out yeah and he kind of hadn't fulfilled his little criteria yeah um like you do learn as as well, i don't know about you but as as like you, you tick on in life and and go through the more stuff you go through the more relaxed you become about things because you just know in a couple of weeks everything that kind of like ecclesiastes type perspective that is like I've seen something like this before. Give that a couple of weeks and it won't seem so big, mm. you know, just just practically. So, for example, somebody said something to me a little while back. It was actually a couple of weeks ago. And I was I was properly thinking, thinking to myself, I've got a real problem with that. Like, not in a not in a kind of, like, really angry way or anything like that, but I was like, I should probably talk to that person about what they've said to me at some stage. Mm. A couple of weeks later, now, like, I, if you'd have asked me two weeks ago, I was absolutely convinced that I should speak to that person on that point. Mm-hmm. Two weeks down the line, I've actually concluded that it would be better just to carry on, just for, just forget any offence that was there and carry on, because in the fullness of time, because in that two weeks, I've also been reminded of many of the amazing things they've brought mm-hmm. into my life as well. And that sort of thing, I know... 10 years ago that person would have got it in the face <laughs> i would have killed them in the face if they but you, you just learn to to just chill out about some stuff mm. which for anyone who listens to this that knows me will sound really funny coming from me because i'm so not chilled out about so many things and i'm such an opinionated person when it comes to some stuff but believe it or not i have mellowed ever so slightly in the last in the last 10 years but you just learn to like to maybe not fire off that email mm. or like I've got to the point now where I fire off an email and then fire off an apology straight away afterwards. Like that's kind <laughs> of, that's the kind of guy I am right now. Where, <laughs> I'm aware that I'm a twat. <laughs> like literally you just follow that, follow that up afterwards because you've just been humble just enough to accept that you might not be right all the time. There, yeah. there is that thing, isn't it? Is that um, chapter four, yeah. Um, says you know all. Yeah, that that was what you said. It was like oppression, friendlessness, and what mine just says evil under the sun, and it basically says you know everyone's everyone's going to die. Um, <laughs> no, that, no, sorry, it's just before that. It's uh, from dust to dust. Yes, <laughs> you know, but it's like everyone, everything's going to die. You said uh, you know I looked at like foolish people and and people who are selfish, and I was like, what difference is my life to that? You know, what's the point in anything? But then it does come back to that thing with God. Everything you do, 
you can you can appreciate the good things that come from God. Mm-hmm. Whereas people without God, they go through exactly the same thing, but their outlook is a lot bleaker because because yeah, we're all just giving whatever work we do is just going to go to the next person. You know, if you get yeah. fired or you lose your job or if you retire or whatever, you've got nothing to show for your work because work will never, ever end. Mm. You know, someone else is just going to take the role and, and continue on with it. But with God, when you finish it, yeah, you're in exactly the same position, but you can say, I did, I did that for God. Yeah. You know, that's, that's your re- reward. Do you see what yeah. I mean? It's just, yeah. And Ecclesiastes brings you to that point, doesn't mm. it? Of knowing about life, you know, where you just like, okay, that's how it works. And, it's like just like ignorance is bliss knowledge brings responsibility doesn't it mm, mm. so it's like now that it's told us it's like we can't say oh well i'm only in my 20s so what do i know we've actually read like you were saying before about we've had this handed down to us mm. here is wisdom and that and so you know it's i just think it's such a challenging book and that can i share one one thing that I, not this time round reading Ecclesiastes, but the first time that I properly sat and read Ecclesiastes, mm-hmm. I've loved this book for years. Right. Like for me, this is this is going to sound so oh lovey dovey darling that sort of thing, <laughs> but for me to sit down sometimes I'll do this at least at least once a year because I I actually adore doing this. Just sitting down, normally in like in in the winter something mm-hmm. like that. And just reading Ecclesiastes quietly with the fire on, maybe a little glass of Merlot on the go. <laughs> but just reading, it's just like, it's. Like, I just think it's such a profound book. Mm. Like it's one of those bits of the Bible that I just, I can just devour, you know, like read it like it's my favourite novel or something like that. I certainly found, but, not, not to cut across you, but... Although I just have you are, though. <laughs> yeah. really. Not, not to interrupt you, but I just did. No, I certainly when I was reading it. Sometimes when we've been like reading through Mark, I've kind of had to force myself. I'm like, right, okay, yeah, I better better read it a bit, um, and kind of had to break up into small chunks. But Ecclesiastes is the sort of book I could just read cover to cover. Yeah, and I did. I mean, I, I said to you earlier, I have made notes, but I'm not looking at any of them because yeah. I've read it through so many times, fully. Yeah, and just and just absorbed. There's so much that comes out of it. Every time I make notes, it's completely different. It's like you just enter into it. It's it's so so cool. Mm. I I love, I absolutely love scripture and and what it is. And like one of my, one of my big passions in life is to work out what's going on for what it really is. Like not just that so many of the things that, that you get taught are like almost like the bouquet of flowers that gets handed to you by a preacher that has done all of the gardening, mm-hmm. you know, and like he's done all that gardening and everything, and we've been working out what's the Bible saying, and and it's it's great that all of that's gone on, and then he goes out into that garden, having done all of that work, working from working for a whole year to get to the point where there is flowers, he cuts them and he presents these glorious truths of mm. the Bible at the end of that process. But I just love the gardening i love it it's like that's where the real and if you ask anyone who um anyone who spends time um having to teach bible whether they're in sunday school teaching teaching to the very to the very youngest children or people that are teaching 
at like doctorate level mm. in like in theology or whatever it is they're teaching or philosophy or anything like that they will tell you that that research is amazing and this this book for me is oh, it's just it, it's yummy that's what it is it's just i could talk about this i have spoken about this book loads <laughs> but there's this bit in there that i absolutely loved and this this really impacted my walk with god and i believe that's what scripture is supposed to do we can say oh it's yummy and all this stuff but it's it really is in the same way that you were like you know what keeping it simple is a really important thing in life which i think is pretty much what what you were saying mm. wasn't it it's like mm. that simplicity like there are books written on the discipline of simplicity and they refer to ecclesiastes a lot there's one by a guy called richard foster actually mm. and it's called i think i, I think know it's richard called, foster yeah you, i think you do it's not that guy no he's he's written other stuff mainly on his own facebook but the um the the, the actual richard foster i think it's called the discipline of simplicity or mm-hmm. it's called simplicity and yeah like he he talks loads about that but what i loved is chapter five it is my favorite chapter because it is it's become a massive challenge to me but it's just it's in the niv it's entitled stand in awe of god but i'll just i'll just read the bit i that i really love and change my walk with him really guard your steps when you go to the house of god Go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven. You are on earth. So let your words be few. As a dream comes when there are many cares, so the speech of a fool when there are many words. And that really challenged me and really inspired me to approach my my those those times of day where I focus on God, like some people call them quiet times, but just where I come before God, and I've come to to know that actually of, and I actually teach my children, we're going to bow before God now. That's the language that we use within my family. Mm-hmm. We're going to bow before God now, and just you know those silly struggles that we have about what am I going to say when I pray. Mm. nothing it is better to say nothing but just focus on god let your let your mind wander just get on your knees like this this passage taught me to get on my knees when i pray not that you have to do that for a legalistic reason but for me it was a really good discipline to get into to just get down on your knees because that shuts me up. So again, it's an attitudinal thing, isn't it? That's Rather it, than yeah. like you say, it's not any sort of magic. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I work, it. I work at a desk at home, and I could quite easily just scoop my work aside and pull my Bible into my work area and try and do a devotion there. It is so, so much better for me to move away from there get down on my knees and just just well it says stand but i kneel just in awe of god and i'm quite happy to just sit and not try and say the right thing Mm. it actually says listen and that's very exciting as a concept listen i love that so yeah this this passage for anyone who struggles with a quiet time or beats themselves up over what am I doing? 
or how can I make this work or I haven't done this today or whatever it is this passage provides an answer to those people don't worry about all the turmoil and all the angst and me 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 and what can I do and how can I be more disciplined just get on your knees read this passage and just exist before God because there are plenty of people out there that won't be doing that that day Mm, mm. you know that already sets you apart from the world you are a follower of God if you're doing that there's another verse somewhere I don't know where it is in scripture I've got to find it but it has this image of God gazing across and traveling across the face of the earth looking for those people that are following him Mm -hmm. he's actually searching them out and it's all you've got to do is just be focusing on him and he's right there with you and that, that was that that was a life changer for me that passage here endeth my um ramble on chapter 5 no i i i like that because when i was talking earlier about we are not special and you said well that sounds <laughs> that sounds like <laughs> sign me up <laughs> the thing is we we're not special you know there's a time for everything so um, chapter three. Sorry, I, I know I'm sort of sticking towards the front end of the book. That's not because there's nothing in the in the later bits, but it's the the sort of the second. To half be honest, of the Paul, book. I was concerned that you had decided that Ecclesiastes <laughs> chapters like two onwards were a load of rubbish. <laughs> I was concerned. It's fine. Just throw something but, in about from chapter nine. Just do it now. <laughs> yes. Then all is well. well. A lot of it is sort of more of the wisdom, um, the wisdom sort of text, isn't it? Um, and a lot of it is just reinforcing. I, I think it, I think the bit that really spoke to me is sort of the main where it sets out, you know, what the book's about basically, and then the rest of it sort of just just reinforces that. But so I was saying, you know, we're not special. We've got chapter three. Just says before it says everything's already been done. Anything that's going to happen has already happened. You know, there's nothing new. We're not special. It says, you know, yeah, if you're born, some people are going to die. Some people are, you know, there's a time to kill, time to heal. I was sort of thinking um, um, of, you, you know, sometimes we, if if something happens in your life and you're like, oh, I wonder what God's trying to tell me through that. Or I wonder if, you know, why why did God let me, lose my job or something like that do you see what I mean or why did why did God me you know make make me lose that friend that I had or why does God not bring back that person who's you know I know of people who you know I still I still think about that people who used to come to church and don't anymore and that makes me sad and sometimes it's it's easy to think oh I wonder what what what's wrong with God you know what's what's Mm -hmm. God got planned for them or something like that but but actually I mean this is just saying life happens you know god isn't in every single detail that so that's the like we're not special life happens but then also we are special because um versus oh, I see what you've done there you've turned it round. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but i'm trying trying not to do it as in like for a... me my feet had already almost slipped <laughs> but you have saved me <laughs> <laughs> but but it says you know so we're not special but verse 11 to 13 we are special because it says, God has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he's put eternity into man's heart. Yet, he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. Um, I perceive there is nothing better 
to be joyful and to do good as long as you live. Also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his hope. This is God's gift to man. So saying you are not personally special, but like you've just said, God looks out on his people and, and he knows us all by name. I don't think God is, is crafting my world around me, you know, mm-hmm. and the times when I'm really reading my Bible lots and really praying and really sharing it with others. I don't think God's like, yeah, well done. Okay, here's the next little bit of your path. Mm-hmm. You, do you see what I mean? It's not yeah. like a constant having to prove yourself to God. God's yeah. like, you know, do this out of your love for me. Don't do it to be legalistic. He's like, you are not personally special. I don't have like this big tapestry and you, there's, there's my little thread going through life. Um, but he is saying that we are special. God has given a gift to us. You know, mm. that gift that, like his word, this book is a gift from God saying, look, here's here's the secret. This is how life works. It's exactly the same. It's actually not that different from all your friends and all mm. the people at work who, you know, you don't necessarily get on with and you have arguments with about life. It's not that different, but I am with you. That's the secret. Yeah. Is that I'm behind everything. Every good thing is from me. Um, and, and so we are special because God has put eternity into man's heart. Mm. You know, that there is, I'm just sort of rambling, aren't I? But does, no, no, does, no, do you no, see no, what I mean? Yeah. But then no, also, I, I do get what you mean. It's, but it's, it's interesting. I mean, one thing that you said there as well is like one earlier on when you were talking, you were saying God's not in every detail of life. Mm. And I think that that's a statement that some people would definitely disagree with me personally i i see where you're coming from mm. and i agree with that i don't i don't ask god what socks i'm gonna wear <laughs> yeah that morning you know um and that that sort of thing and like just that sense of I, I agree with you in that god does leave us to make decisions i do believe that god He's, well, I think he's clearly saying, as as you said, I think he's clearly saying that life operates in a certain way. Mm. There's a pattern to it. Like like we said before, I mean, I, I had a discussion with um, some good friends of ours. Um, one of their um, um, kids, we were sort of chatting about um, sort of about illness and things like that. And he was saying, is illness when, you, you know, you've upset God, does God then make you ill? You know, is that... And that was sort of the sort of where he was coming from. He was sort of struggling to understand it. And sometimes even as adults, we struggle to understand yeah. that. I mean, even even recently, you know, my um, aunt passed away a, a few months ago. And, and even people when she um, when she first like got cancer, people were like, I wonder what God's doing. What's God's what's mm. God's purpose in all of this? And ultimately, she proved in her life that God didn't give her cancer. But yeah. where God was in her cancer was that she had twice as many people as the chapel could hold yeah. for her funeral because all she'd done through her whole life and even in illness was just love God. And that came out so starkly. You know, God wasn't like, yeah, okay, I'm going to give you this because she was already doing that anyway. She was already living yeah. out and making friends. You know, the people that were there at her funeral weren't the people she'd got to know in the 10 years that she was dying. It, it was, that was just her life. You know, it didn't, didn't make any difference to that. Mm. But in her illness, it spoke even more clearly yeah. than it did before. You know, I don't, th- I don't think that was God saying, right, okay, yeah, I'm going to give this person this trouble and I'm going to give this person this trouble. Mm. But in, in sort of the opposite way, we can still prove God in those times. 
Do you see what I mean? Yeah. But it's not like a special proving of God. Yeah, things happen. Think things do just happen. I mean, we we were talking about this. I was talking with some other friends. We were looking at the beginning of Luke. Um, the other day it was a Bible study group thing that I was at via church, and we were looking at the facts that um, Zechariah and Elizabeth, who mm. were John the Baptist's parents, they couldn't have children, and all those around them culturally at the time were saying, "Oh well, this is this is a curse." from god and that's and to to me that would be an entirely wrong mm. way to treat so i mean there there are so many people that biologically can't have children that is that is just the way that that the world is and it's and this is i suppose this is a thing about ecclesiastes as well it, it, you end up talking about big stuff mm. when you talk about ecclesiastes like i personally i've had no experience of um of that whole world of, of of struggling to conceive or of um of not being able to have children and things like that and i'm aware there would be people who are actually affected by that issue mm. at the time but i don't know maybe that does still prevail today that mentality like you say of like this has happened to me what has god done to me Whereas Ecclesiastes shows us that, I mean, the way that Ecclesiastes puts it is there's a time to, bo- to be born and there's a time to die. You know, that is actually really, that's quite harsh to say to say that to someone. It sounds quite harsh, doesn't it? Mm. But then I think that reality is quite harsh. But then there's such comfort in that as well. Because you if if you know that... This is the way that the world works. If you've got that wisdom and that expectation, this is the way the world works. And that you begin to seek God within that mm. rather than thinking, oh, well, well, it's, it's just not an emotional crutch. I think we're just kind of coming back to that again. Yeah. It's, it, it's just not. I mean, but. I've found in a very practical way, because um, a lot of my sort of struggle that, again, I've alluded to in sort of previous podcasts and stuff, it's been going on for a while. I'm just sort of really trying to grapple with, you know, what does my faith mean and, and stuff like that. But I mean, even even a small thing just from Ecclesiastes, I'm looking forward to getting more stuck in because I've read Ecclesiastes before and appreciated it. Mm. But a lot of, I've been sort of reading lots of web articles and things and thinking, oh, which bits am I going to take and which bits am I going to leave? And, and Ecclesiastes is really just saying, look, it's all, it's all just, that, it's all already here. Do you see what I mean? it's like yeah okay yeah there will be books that are great to read and stuff like that but ultimately it's not going to give you any more insight they can be helpful but it's not going to give you any more insight than's already in in the bible mm. do you see what i mean yeah. and um and one practical thing i found that it, those days where i haven't read my bible whereas before i used to be like oh what an idiot used to beat myself up about it and then you could guarantee i wouldn't read my bible for another few days because i'd still be feeling so bad that i'd missed it one day do you see what I mean? But but now, I just know God God wants you just to get on with it. It's yeah. like, look, stuff happens. Okay, you forgot it once. Just come to Him fresh every day. In in whatever situation you're in, you know it it doesn't it doesn't all build up. Sort of sometimes I look behind me and I see this sort of mountain of sin and stuff that I've I've ruined, and you think, oh man. And I kind of never let myself. I'm sort of chained to it. Do you see what I mean? It's kind of like this sort of post that every time you do something wrong. 
I'm like, that's like a stake in the ground that I'm sort of chained to for a, for a few days hmm. until I sort of managed to break free from it. And then I do another thing. And um, God's just saying, look, just, just keep going and just come to come just fresh every day in this, in this mindset. Yeah. You know, just get on with it. And there's massive Basically. grace in that. Massive grace. Huge grace. I mean, this is the thing. Again, so, <laughs> so I said, we're not special. Then we are special. But then also verse um, 14 and 15 of, of chapter 3 again. Chapter, what, you mean one of those early? Yeah. Early, um, <laughs> yeah that's it. Because the rest of the book is pretty rubbish. Um, but so it's saying we aren't special, cause, but God is. And that's what makes us special, if that makes sense. It's kind of, that's sort of how my... Wow. That's how my... Uh, you let me know when you're doing this evening talk, Foster would finish up. Yeah, definitely. There'd probably be some... Um, some like twinkly piano probably playing in the background. I'll do that. Like a string quartet, something like that. Something yeah. really... Yeah, I'll do that. Really I, can, I can play the string quartet. Yeah, so. okay, brilliant. No, that would be great. I'm good at so, playing that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That is impressive. Mm. I've seen you do it at parties before. Yeah. Um, I used to think it was just sort of showing off, but it is actually genuinely really quite I thought stunning. It showing it's off a bit as well. yeah. <laughs> I thought it was showing off too. So um, this is, like I say, this is the real kicker, you know, like the, the sort of cheesy Christian rock sort of kicks in, yeah. sort of builds to a crescendo. Verse 14 says, I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. So we've got this... <laughs> Maybe I don't even say this bit. Maybe the words just sort of come up on the screen. You know, they like fade in and then... And you fall to your and knees gone and, and put your hands in the air. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So it said, I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. So we've already read that nothing we do lasts. It says, nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken away from it. God has done it so that people fear before him, uh, which I might come back to in a second. But um, it says that which is already has been that which is to be already has been. And God seeks what has been driven away. So it just says that don't worry about yourselves. God, God is bigger than that. God is better than that. God just wants you to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. And, and like I say, I mean, verses like God has done it so that people fear before him. I think sometimes... Um, uh, I've heard it a couple of times in sort of different places that they say, oh, well, the meaning of life is that God made us to worship him. And I struggle with that because that's not the God I read about in the Bible that would make us a people so that he could be worshipped. You know, it says everything's for God's glory. I do believe that everything's for God's glory, but I don't think that's where God's coming from. I don't think God's like, I'm going to make man so that I can be praised more. He's like, I'm going to make man because I love them. And that's what that's something I want to do, and I want to have a relationship with these people. Mm. You know, I want to, I want to give give other people good gifts. Do you, do, mm-hmm. do, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I th- personally, I think it's it's going to sound really wet, I guess, but I think it's both. I think that I do think that God made us for His glory, but how He has revealed His glory to us is via grace not manipulation mm. so we've got free choice we've got all of those we've got all of those all those things it's not like god's like right okay i'm gonna make a bunch of wind-up toys that say you're brilliant you're brilliant you're brilliant you're brilliant the whole time but he's actually chosen to reveal himself through relationship i think that relationship is key and that so mm. yeah i do think he's made us for his glory but I think you're right as well. It's not we're not just not in the sense that we are only here only here just to be big praise machines. 
I think it's definitely more complicated than that. A relationship comes into it. I mean, certainly when I share my faith with people, I don't do the whole the whole sort of hell, eternal damnation side of stuff. Maybe, maybe that's something that I'm going to be challenged by at some point. But certainly where I am at the moment, I don't feel like that gets results. Do you see what I mean? Basically saying mm-hmm. God wants you to acknowledge him as being the best. If you don't, he's going to sling you in hell, which is sometimes how it comes across. Mm-hmm. Whereas how I describe my faith is that I'm not a great person. The Bible tells me that. But also the Bible tells me that there is someone who thinks I'm great Mm-hmm. and and wants me to to enjoy life and gives us he's sort of revealed enough that we can see the the workings of how the world works you know rather than get depressed by it i mean there is even um there is even a bit in here i don't know if i'm going to be able to track the verse down but sometimes we hear um people say sometimes older people sorry um Sorry to put that it's out It's all right, mate. This is a podcast. I, Old people don't listen to it. Yeah, that is true. They don't know how to download it, do they? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Hi, Jill. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. I said I'd get her this week. Did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, ma'am. Jill. Jill, you're not old. You're wonderful. Not that those two are uh, mutually, mutually exclusive. exclusive. <laughs> Jill, you're old and wonderful. No. Jill, you're wonderful. Hi, Jill. I'm just killing time I think because you your son-in-law yeah, cannot this find this. Is it not a verse that's in chapter one, two or three? Is that the problem? No, that's it. That's <laughs> it. That's where I stopped. No, it's, um, it. no it, it's basically saying, don't be stupid and say stuff like, oh, isn't the world going down the toilet? Isn't stuff awful? Because, I mean, and this was a guy writing 3,000 years ago. Sometimes we're like, oh, this, oh, isn't, isn't everything just awful? The youth of today, like there's, we're reaching new depravities. You know, again, it's, you say, I can't, uh, can you find the first one? <laughs> I'm trying to remember what you're Well, I'm about. just blathering on. But he basically says, don't say stupid things like, oh, isn't the world rubbish? Um, <laughs> Finally, <laughs> just, <laughs> that's my, uh, yeah. Oh, I can't find it. That's really frustrating. Um, Cause it was, it, uh, everything I say is pretty just, um, like inarticulate and it's even worse if I can't actually find the verse how about where it says in verse 7 uh, chapter 7 verse 10 um, do not say why were the old days better than these for yes. it is not wise to ask such, such questions that's it is Where's that, that it chapter 10 Ch- verse 10 chapter 7 oh chapter 7 verse 10 yeah that's that's it why were the former days better than these? So like hankering for the old days. And sometimes, sometimes we do that, don't we? Yeah. Um, With like, our perspective of about 20. 60 years. <laughs> do you remember the 90s, Paul? Oh, don't, do you remember don't. them? It feels like it was Kids only five years ago. <laughs> but this is the thing, you know. Well, I and like I say, this is a guy saying that 3,000 years ago. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. We're just as bad as we ever have been. It's the human condition. We're just, you know... We're just doomed to repeat the same mistakes. We're not getting any worse. We're not Paul, getting any better. Paul, you're getting angry, aren't you? I <laughs> no, can I'm tell. Not. I'm not. It's just... <laughs> yeah. But... I see, I can't remember what I was talking about now. It took so long to, uh, to yeah. find that. You've got it. But that's fine. I think everyone enjoy. I think I speak for everyone when I say we enjoyed it. <laughs> so... <laughs> it's more know. a schadenfreude, isn't it? Rather than... Uh... All right, I've got a question for you. I've, I've, <laughs> been, on, wanting to, I've been wanting to ask you this i was like i thought i thought this would be a, a good thing for us to do mm-hmm. as two friends can you what what is the key word 
from Ecclesiastes, if you could just bang, put one word on it, and you're not allowed to say, well, I wouldn't really want to put one word on it. I'm no, saying, I don't. You, I'm normally the person pull, who nails my colours in Marsh. You're the one who goes, yeah, I'm I kind of nail my oh, colours another couple of quietly into a cat that runs around <laughs> everywhere. Just, I just drape my colours just gently over the fence so that they're sort of billowing <laughs> on both sides. <laughs> Just to cushion it as I sit there. <laughs> yes. Got got some splinters last week. Okay, go on. Give me one word that you you would drag from this. I would say meaning. It's not a word that's actually in the book. Does it have to be a word in the book? No. No. Okay. Because it, there's that thing, everything is meaningless. You know, that comes up all the way through the book. But actually, there is meaning in it. It just gives you... It, it makes my life make sense. That's not always easy. I'm not mm. saying I've got all the answers, mm. but I I really do worry when I sometimes think about what the person I would be without my faith. Mm-hmm. The things I would get caught up in. Yeah. Maybe sort of the emotional spiral that I might <laughs> disappear down. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. summer abyss somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I always like to look over into the... <laughs> That's it. Into that bottomless pit. I love that abyss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but ultimately, no matter how close I get to it, I always step away from it yeah. because of what God has done for me. Yeah. And that, that is my testimony, you know, mm. that, yeah, like I say, I dread to think where I would end up. But so in, I find meaning in this mm-hmm. and there's stuff that there's issues that I've been sort of struggling through that are here laid out pretty mm-hmm. openly. Mm. Cool. That's interesting meaning, and because like I just think that that it's it's so um, conceptual, isn't it? The way that Ecclesiastes writes, it's like part of it in a way, like because obviously, like people can listen to us muse about it mm-hmm. all day, but just trying to pin stuff down. And I think the word that I would I would use is perspective. Mm-hmm. That's what it is for me. It just brings perspective. It like in in the sense that it. it Reminds me I'm not the only person that has been through what I'm going through. It reminds me that God knows. He actually does understand. He knows. Because I identify so heavily with Ecclesiastes and God inspired it. Mm -hmm. That means that God really does know. Mm. And... That that's that's a real challenge. It challenges me and my friendships in particular, because like quite often you can like me and you we can challenge each other on a point. If you think I'm going out of line on something, then you would you'd be one of the first to say, mate, I think you should look into that. You know, but at the same time, it's because you've you've walked with me. We've got a shared experience, and this is a little window into into that. It's um yeah. So perspective for me mm. is, is a big thing. And there was one other thing that I think is qu- that it's it's a theory that I'm working on. Okay. Right. And like I'm I'm conscious like we've like had a great time talking and all of that like we should probably start to wrap up and that. But was Jesus new under the sun? Right. So there's this concept in Ecclesiastes as there's nothing new under the sun. Our humanity exists as this and it very much ecclesiastes is entirely about the here and now Mm -hmm. right how we live now when jesus came 
he revolutionised everything, absolutely everything, including giving us a greater perspective on the afterlife mm-hmm. and how our entire beings operate. This concept that we are eternal beings was something that that Jesus really hammered home. There were people around that had their suspicions, but when the Messiah, when Jesus came, he brought something, he brought a new covenant, he brought um, the answer to the death that is spoken of in Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. He brought an end to that tension between God's God's sovereignty and our felt experiences and how sometimes they don't add up. So is in that sense is was Jesus new under the sun? Does he does he deal with this tension? Does he deal with Ecclesiastes ultimately in the end when the, there's a new heaven, there's a new earth? I think books like Ecclesiastes will become perhaps a window into how things were on the old earth. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Is he actually new under the sun? Because like, obviously Jesus came and he was the personification of wisdom. Mm. When Jesus spoke, he had all of this within him. I don't know. It's just a theory. Like maybe I've not expressed it that well. I'm not sure. But yeah, there is only one thing that is new. There is only one thing that handles this tension, this turmoil and that is what Jesus did because he plumbed the depths of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a time. See now, there's a time to be born, a time to die, and a time to rise again. That's our post-Jesus perspective. Whereas in Ecclesiastes, it's there's a time to be born, a time to die. Do you see what I mean? He's mm. brought something new is our I don't know no I think I mean I'm not even going to try and answer it without having thought it through but if anyone's going to bring something new it's going to be God himself (laughs) revealing more of himself isn't it that's the only way it's going to come about because of our own volition as humans the human condition we, we can't I mean it says in Ecclesiastes itself we cannot bring anything new to it only what God does endures forever only what God does changes Mm -hmm. things yeah so yeah, something to hmm. something to consider. That's what I was thinking about. I think, like, shall shall we start to wrap it up there? I think, I think, yeah, I think we just did. <laughs> yeah, because like, I read that last bit from chapter twelve, mm-hmm. just that very last bit that it says. Because there's a chapter twelve. Yeah, yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's a multiple of three. Um, so so yeah, it just says um, now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. And that's how it ends. Just quite quite understated in a way. It's like the conclusion of it. Like you say, mm. like you were saying right at the very beginning, and that may, maybe you're not that special and that, but give your life to God. And that that's the end of it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's quite cool. Good book, that. Yeah, it is. Definitely is. I'm looking forward to, to yeah, getting stuck in and coming back to that. Yeah. 
definitely. So, so next time it's Mark. Yeah, that's there it. We go. I think we've managed to avoid getting too depressed. Today. Yeah, reading Ecclesiastes. Well, there's not there's not much to get depressed about in there. It kind of initially well, not in the first three chapters, no. Paul. Um. <laughs> but I mean, even you know, like you say, the whole book is understated. It just mm. just is what it is. And um, and like I say, I've found it useful in in the sort of in the good time and the bad time when I've been reading it. It still has something to say. Mm. Um, yeah, you know. I feel like we're doing that thing where we're searching for some epic conclusion. Don't yeah. Um, yeah. So um, well, we're not going to. We're not no. going to find an epic conclusion. No, because we're not. It's already because been done. We're not special. That's new. right. We're not special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I just need to. I need to rethink yeah. this whole thing. Yeah. I'm looking for these answers. And they're never going to come. That's it. I need to. So just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> right then. Bye, everyone. <laughs> everyone, shut up. Yeah. We promise that we're not going to disappear for another three months again. We will be back in two yeah. weeks' time. Yeah, um, we will. Thanks for if you well, this them. is if anyone does download this, you might all just assume we've given up and delete it off your iPods. So yeah. if you are listening to this, thank you so much, both of you. Um, yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Then, yeah, Cheers, mate. <laughs> so it's very kind. <laughs> and uh, yeah, hi, Jill. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> well, she won't be listening to this bit. She would have switched off earlier. She would have been yeah. so offended. Well, I'm just <laughs> pleased that the, that the old girl got I'm it working. Not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've probably set up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good old Jill no um, yeah okay well thanks everyone <laughs> yeah Bye. get in touch Facebook, oh, yeah, no, no, yeah Twitter, get in touch if you want WordPress whatever Paul will get we back might to start, you we yeah. might start that back up again who knows yeah um, <laughs> whatevs it's all meaningless isn't it what's the point it is what's the point I give up <laughs> shut up <laughs> well here's some music I woke up this morning and I